Hey guys, my name is Grace and today's episode of Dream Green is special because I am here with Susan Lenz right now and this is the first interview on Dream Green. Hi, thank you so much for being here. Hi, how are you? Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I'm great, thanks. I'm so excited to be here with you. For the listeners that don't know who you are, could you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Susan Lenth, and I am the Executive Director of Conservation for the Barrington Area Conservation Trust. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been with the organization about seven years, and uh, our organization started in 2001. Um, And basically what I do is I um, do a lot of work with the conservation and the land, as well as the education as well. Cool. So can you describe a little bit more in detail of what you do as the Executive Director of Conservation? Sure. So a little bit about the conservation work that BACT specializes in and what we do is um, Barrington Area Conservation Trust. We have five nature preserves, which total about 38 acres. Um, And if you're in the Barrington area, um, one of our nature preserves is like right across from Barrington High School. We utilize that a lot with the students from the school as well as our interns for educational purposes. Um, We also work a lot with um, homeowners and conservation easements. Um, So we will um, work with the homeowners um, who have, for example, beautiful oak forests or streams or things like that on their property to help preserve those spaces for in perpetuity, so forever. Um, And we do a lot of work with um, homeowners as well, with um, conservation at home. So we visit properties to tell homeowners a little bit, give them ideas on what they can do in their own properties. And then we have a huge team program as well. So I kind of oversee all of that stuff, um, along with writing grants to make it all happen. Um, and then answer on the other questions uh, that people might have in the area. Um, Because we are one of 40 land trusts in the state of Illinois. Um, I'm on the state land trust board, the Prairie State Conservation Coalition board. And um, what land trusts do basically is we help to preserve those special places and open natural spaces um, that we have in our state. Um, so they're all land trusts are all over the United States. Um, but in our state, we have over 90% of the state of Illinois is in private land ownership. So it's really important to be able to preserve, you know, there's forest preserves and parks and things like that. But it's also important to be able to preserve private land for um, nature to be um, in open spaces as well. And um, that's part of our mission. Um, to preserve our community's rare and exceptional open spaces for current and future generations. Hope that wasn't too long. Sorry about that. (laughs) That's okay. No, that's actually really, really cool. I mean, you do a lot in your job. Yeah. Today, we'll be talking about the importance of volunteering for local organizations like BACT. All right, so I'll start off with our first question. So one of the reasons I set up an interview with you today is that I know that BACT does a lot with teen volunteers and um, why do you think this kind of volunteer work is good for teens to be involved in? Sure. Um, Well, take a step back for a little bit. So um, years ago I was involved in an organization um, and it was called Leave No Child Inside. Um, So there is a gentleman called Richard Louvre, if you've ever heard of him, 
awesome books he's written, um, L-O-U-V, and um, one of his big things was on nature deficit disorder. So if we don't get outside in nature, which is not, it seems like is not as innate anymore with our society, I'm sounding old here, um, but there was, um, it's, you know, he's proven through the years that um, it causes, there's, there's some issues. So being outside in nature, um, I think especially in the situation that we have now um, with our COVID pandemic, People of all ages, not only teens, are realizing the multiple benefits of getting outside and participating in it as well. So what that means is participating in any way from taking a walk to um, doing a, you know, field research yourself to, you know, collecting bugs in the stream to looking at monarch butterflies, um, to read a book or even to meditate or draw in a journal. I think that hopefully that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, no, it totally does. So how does the work you do with teens help the trust and the local environment? Sure, yeah. So um, it helps the trust. So working with teens really helps the trust. And, you know, we have some of our greatest laborers. I can just go back to that with our teens, including you. You, you're where I, you participated in our summer internship experience and you volunteered in multiple um, opportunities. So it's kind of, I hope to you as well and to other teens out there, it's a two-way street. So we get some of our work done that we need to get done, like planting plants, right? And things like that. But then we also hope that you will, you know, take away a little bit something for yourself, whether it's realization that, you know, there's nature out there and I can get out there and I feel better after I volunteer or spend some time out there to, you know, hopefully, you know, cultivating some of our future environmental stewards, I guess, really what's in it personally for me, not only as the ED of conservation for our organization, but just hoping that um, someday, you know, some of the kids that we've touched in a little way will help be out there to make a difference um, in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with the fact about volunteering being truly a two-way street because from personal experience, it really does help both sides. As you may know, not all of my listeners live in Illinois, so how do you suggest teens find local opportunities? Oh, great great question. Um, I think, just get outside. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, anything from riding your bike to taking a walk. Um, I know when I've traveled throughout the country, um, we always travel with our family to different national parks or different, you know, parks and things like that. Just finding those open spaces. Um, A lot of times, if you're interested in volunteering, um, there's different volunteer networks that you can look at um, online, um, and uh, that's really helpful, or even just going to some of the locations, old-fashioned stuff, like there might be something posted up on an information board, um, or you might, you know, run into some people or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I think I found BACT actually through a flyer that was um, on a advertising post while walking through a hiking trail one day. So yeah, those are totally great ways to find opportunities near you. And um, my next question is, 
that some people may be skeptical that your work really makes a difference. They might say, no one even walks over there, those invasive species are not the end of the world, and stuff like that. What do you say to things like that? Well, I think it's like, I always love um, showing pictures, um, but if you don't have the opportunity to show them pictures, we're all in this together. Um, and as I said, you know, like in our state, over 90% of the state of Illinois is in private land. So if we don't all take a little part in owning this, um, it's gonna hurt our, the health of our environment and our biodiversity. So for example, um, I'll take monarch butterflies. So um, we did a big project, um, was part of the Field Museum, and it was part of their urban monarch project. And we analyzed the number of milkweed stems throughout our area. And they've done it on a grand scale throughout the Chicagoland area. And what they found is that it's really important to not only have huge fields of milkweed, you know, or pollinator plants like in big restoration areas such as we have, but also to have little gardens in your own in your own backyard. So it's important to have stepping stones. It's important to have little areas outside of all the areas that are being restored to help with our biodiversity. So it's kind of important for all of us to take some kind of a step. So to ensure the biodiversity and the future of our, you know, plants, animals, insects, and things like that. So we can all do a little part. We don't always have to be, you know, these grand restorers that are gonna, you know, chop down swaths of buckthorn and plant tons of plants. Some people can't manage that. And they look at that as daunting and overwhelming. And I always like to say to a homeowner, let's start small. What can you handle? Let's kind of chunk this out. What are some things that you'd like to do? Would you like to see some more monarchs or pollinators? Then let's plant a few plants. Yeah, I totally agree. People who are not immediately drawn to conservation and the environment can just start taking those first few steps in sustainability efforts and that can really truly make a difference in the world and that's really exciting. My next question is, um, do you have any suggestions on how teens can learn about plants in their area? Yeah, so um, a couple things. Um, getting outside, obviously, just looking at them um asking questions if you ever go sometimes people have nature hikes or now i've been on a lot of these virtual things it's amazing i mean you can go anywhere i mean like you said not everybody's listening to this lives in illinois but hey you can go anywhere to learn about anything i saw a thing on like yosemite national park and i you know i mean it's it's amazing now what this um online what you can go see but um, also there's some cool apps. Um, one that I utilize frequently is called iNaturalist, um, I-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-I-S-T. I use it as kind of a um, online um, information and way of sorting pictures that I've seen and plants I've seen at different locations. Um, and then what it does is you take a picture and then it will help crowdsource um, if you don't know what the image is it'll send it out and people will respond to you with what they think the, the plant is. So it's really cool, actually. Yeah, that's a really great suggestion. Um, I remember in the internship I did with you guys, you suggested iNaturalist one day and I downloaded it and it really does help because sometimes, well, a lot of times, I find myself on a hiking trail with one of my parents and um, 
sometimes you just get curious and you look at a plant that's really beautiful and you want to know some facts. Um, and in order to look that plant up, you have to know the name. So iNaturalist is a really good suggestion. Now, I know we've been talking a lot about BACT, but I also wanted to ask, how did you develop a love for the environment? By being outside. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I was outside all the time. Um, I played in the mud and I was out in the, we used to build forts in the forest and um, it was really great. So um, my mother was a big hiker and love of the outdoors. Um, so we would always go to the local forest preserves, you know, collecting leaves in the fall and pressing them between a phone book, which kind of dates me. We don't have phone books anymore. We could probably do that between books. Um, but um, I was outside a lot and I always found solace in it and peace in it. And I'm just a curious person. So to your point, Grace, it's just like, I'd always want to, why is that like that? Where's that? What's it, yeah. you know? So it was, uh, it was really a neat learning tool too. Yeah, I can totally relate because um, my parents always try to take me on hiking trails and bring me to zoos and aquariums when possible, and I feel like that really inspired me to love animals and the environment. Um, so when you were that age, when you were just starting to go on hikes with your mother, did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up? Um, no. <laughs> So I always laugh. How did you get to where you are today? That's that's like the question. Yeah. Um, so I always, you know, when I'm talking to kids and I have my own boys that are high school and college too, but, um, you know, you can always change plans and see where you go and life's a journey. That's what I always like to say. Um, so um, I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, I was first in banking. I was in commercial banking, which is totally the antithesis of what I do and love. Um, <laughs> crunching numbers behind a desk indoors, not me. <laughs> so I didn't, didn't spend a lot of time doing that. Um, then I actually got my master's degree in education. So I'm a science teacher by master's degree. Um, and I wove into it my own. I've always been involved in some kind of a conservation organization, whether it's um, for years of uh, volunteering I've done. I had my own business for a while um, with conservation and consul consulting. So um, yeah, it's been a journey and it's always kind of that way, so. Yeah, so what do you love so much about working at BACT? Things I love about my job. I love being outside. Um, I love working with people like you because it gives me hope and um, enjoyment. And uh, it's interesting because I always come home from working with interns or for example, this call today. And I'll be like, okay, that's probably Grace, my biggest payment in life is that, you know, touching someone or some people that hopefully they're gonna take this thing forward. So thank you. Thank you. So adding on to the previous question, what is the most challenging part of your job? Um, challenging part of my job is um, pretty much juggling a thousand and one things. <laughs> Coming in with a list of work that's, you know, two pages long to today I haven't even, um, you know, been able to crack anything on that list because everything else has come up. So, uh, which is fine. Um, it's, that's part of running an organization. There's a lot of, lot of moving pieces. So, yeah. So 
I know a lot of people, including myself, who want a career involving the environment and want to work outdoors. But there are a lot of jobs that require you to do some work inside too. That's often way less appealing. How do you feel about doing some of your work inside on a computer? Should that be a deal breaker when it comes to jobs in conservation? I mean, I guess it just depends what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So,、um, I mean, there are jobs you could be restoration technicians, and you're outside in the field a lot. Okay,、um, pretty much when you get to, it depends the level of the job.、Um, you're going to have to be indoors for some of it.、Um, I'd say. My position now is probably seventy-five percent indoors, unfortunately. With that, but in that, I mean, that's just kind of how we have to do the run the organization.、Mm -hmm. So、um, it, it depends on the job.、Um, I'd say as to how much, but that's a good question to ask when you go go forward. So yeah, yeah.、Um, what classes should teens take in high school or degrees that they could get to be in a job like yours, working with an organization? Yeah, so I think、um, in high school it's really great to have. We have some good、um, anything environmental studies,、um, and horticulture is interesting. Get involved with your teen groups. I know at a couple schools we work with, they have some conservation and sustainability or,、uh, teen groups. Like clubs,、um, we as well at BACT. If you're listening or in the area, we have a group called Teens for Green、um, that meets once a month from many different schools in the area. And then when you get to college,、um, kind of filter in and see what you want to do.、Um, that's where you can get a little bit、uh, more, you know,、uh, specific or broad. Either way. Um, I know some of our interns went on to like University of Wisconsin Whitewater with、um, forestry.、Um, some other people have gone into、um, some more sustainability degrees.、Um, there's a lot of that out there now.、Uh, urban planning. There's a lot of urban planning.、Um, you need a lot of work. A lot of these municipalities,、um, Chicago Metropolitan Agency for Planning. They need people that can help them with、um, stormwater management and things like that. So it's kind of broad, but there's a lot of different、um, choices right now, which is very encouraging. Yeah, I definitely think that's part of how interesting the environmental field is because of how many topics you can learn about in one field of study. And our last question is: How can listeners learn more about BACT? Sure. Thanks. So we have a really、um, updated website that we just worked on last year. So it's backtrust b a c t r u s t dot org. So back b a c trust t r u s t dot org. That's awesome. Or for your social media junkies,、um, we are on Facebook. Search Barrington Area Conservation Trust. I know that's the older crowd. Facebook,、um, and we also are on Instagram and Twitter. So、um, you can search us there too as well. Great. Well, that's all of my questions for today. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Well, thank you so much for all you do, and、um, have a great rest of your summer. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And that is all for today's episode of Dream Green. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are liking this podcast, please hit the follow or subscribe button, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Dream Green Teens. And until next time, don't forget to dream green.